Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. I am your host, Steph, here with Pastor Adam. I am here and we're not alone. We, have, not a, alone. we have a studio audience. <laughs> What's his name? His name's Jonathan. <laughs> My husband. Your husband. He's here. He's chaperoning. No, I'm just kidding. Um, they had you, you guys are riding together, car issues or yeah. something. So Jonathan's here hanging out with us uh, in the studio. He has to sit and be quiet. But uh, Yeah, we're here today because Jonathan gave me a ride. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it's, it's actually three of us, but you only hear two of us. That's so okay. Yeah. Uh, unless we make a really good joke, but I know Jonathan well, and you still won't hear him laugh. He's probably going to be so. quiet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Steph, um, let's see. It's been a little while since we did this. We're on episode what? We're on episode 132. 132, and this is the second one in a new series that we're doing where Steph and I are just having an honest conversation about mental health. That's all we're doing. Mm -hmm. So the first week of the series was a little bit of an intro there. If you want to go back and take a listen to it, that's episode 131. We were just talking through just getting this conversation going, really, um, by pointing out that everybody fits into two groups of people. Um, You either struggle with mental health-related issues. That would be me, by the way. I'm in that group. Me too. Um, Or you know somebody who does, and that's virtually everybody else. And by the way, I'm also in that group. Same. Um, So so everybody everybody in the world is going to fall in those two categories. And so this should be something we talk about. And unfortunately, um, I don't know, over the last however long, uh, especially since I've been alive, um, this is a conversation that's not broached very much in church and Christian circles. Um, at, at best, we guard ourselves about talking about it, but in reality, a lot of times it's ignored intentionally. And so the good thing is, is that's changed a lot over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And uh, people, especially when Christian circles are much more open to talking about these things, which I think is awesome, um, and, uh, and helping each other with them instead of just kind of casting judgment or or throwing it to the catch-all phrase of you don't have enough faith, so just have some more faith and your mental health issues will go away. You know what I mean? That's where we used to do things. And so I think that people are more open to it now. And um, we're talking about this because um, we kicked off a new series in our student ministry several weeks ago, um, and it just prompted, hey, we probably need to talk about this on the podcast too. And we've mentioned lots of stuff over the years now about anxiety and mental health and counseling and all those things because it's been a struggle of mine that I've been open with since um, since we started, since since Stephanie and I and several other people started the church that, that we are um, helping lead. And it's just been something I've been more open about um, in the last 10, 15 years. And so uh, I was in there going, man, we, we should talk about this with adults too. Because um, the prime, you know, there's some, there's some teenagers listening too, but I'm sure that the majority of them are adults. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, Something we need to talk about, too. So last week, we just started started opening up the conversation. Um, And this is just an open conversation about it. Uh, We've got a direction. We've got a plan. But really, we're just trying to talk. Um, And this is some of the stuff may be unique that you've heard from a Christian perspective before. And so um, stuff like this is this is near and dear to my heart, right? Because it's some stuff I've struggled with significantly. And I watched lots of people that I care about and love have struggles with this, too. And uh if it was anything else in the world, we would talk about it. So why don't we talk about this? And so we're going to keep going, going with that conversation. So today, um, rolling in from just the intro last week, today's title, Steph. Mental health is not a sin. Mental health is not a sin. We're going to start right there, right off the bat. 
because uh, I think that a lot of us need to hear that. And unfortunately, that has been um, misinformation mm-hmm. that has been attributed to the scriptures and propagated through church for a long time, that if you have mental health-related issues, then it's caused by some sin. And I'll show you that today. It actually goes way, way, way back into Judaism. Um and further than that, I mean, it pulls from Roman religions and ancient religions, but it's been a big piece of Judaism, too. And so we need to kind of start there. So let's start like this. Imagine the most complex thing that has ever been made. All right, Steph, um, I'll give you one, then you give me one. Okay. And then you'll feel the pressure to give another one, and you might not get one. But let's let's try. So um, uh, I think of most complex thing ever made, I think of the space station. Mm-hmm. Right? At first, I thought of like uh, a spaceship, you know. But then I was like, no, that space station thing's pretty darn cool. It's like this thing that's up there floating around or whatever it is, and people are living in it. I thought that's pretty crazy and complex. My, my mind can't get around this stuff. So I go space station. Think, What's something you think of that's like ridiculously complex? The internet. Yes, that is a that. good one. That is a good one. How do we get here? <laughs> <laughs> How did this happen? How are we all so connected on all this stuff? And who decided that we needed this many cat videos? Yeah, you know, or whatever it is, right? How do we get it? Internet's pretty, pretty complicated. Like, I mean, even if I like to study junk like that, and I find myself going, I can't even really understand some of this, you know. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of weird. Or the fact that we are all connected in some way, but it's some kind of cable somewhere, somewhere, and yet it's also wireless at the same time. <laughs> but there's still cables that are involved, and they cross oceans and all kinds of junk. Um, and satellites and all that stuff. So that's a good one. All right, here's my next one. Um, like nuclear reactors, just the ability to have uh, nuclear energy or whether that's a bomb or whatever it may be. Like I just don't understand that whole splitting atoms thing and the nuclear reacting stuff, yeah. right? So, and it's scary as crap. Think about like Chernobyl and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just scary. What else you got? My answers are so simple, but my <laughs> other thing was like the phone. I've had more Using time to a think phone. about this <laughs> The phone, yeah. Like, Take the internet aside. Yeah. The phone is pretty cool. Even old school phone yeah. is complex, right? <laughs> How does your voice travel across some little line across the world? You know, it's not yeah. like it's not like the telephone game back in the day. You ever play a telephone game? Yeah. You take some cans or something, you tie them together and put a rope mm-hmm. Like, all right, I get it. it. It's vibrations in the sound that go across that. That's fine and all. But how does it do it over the course of, you know, hundreds of thousands of miles, right? Like it does across the whole world. It's pretty crazy. So that's pretty good. All right, I got one more. Um, uh, skyscrapers. Like those, oh, yeah. the buildings are so stinking tall. You don't think about it until you're standing underneath one. You go to a big city and you stand underneath this building and you realize that this thing is tall. Like it's just, it's taller than, than most of them. Most of those big, huge skyscrapers are taller than three or four of the tallest trees that have ever existed stacked together, right? It's crazy. Um, I think that's pretty complex. You got another one? Nope. <laughs> All right, cool. So we got five. Um, it's actually, so, so the most complex thing ever made is not made by us. It's actually our brain. And if you do some studies about it, you'll find out that it's, that it's really the human brain that's the case. Like, I'm glad you brought up phones, in particular cell phone, because the brain's storage capacity is considered virtually unlimited, which is crazy. So like first cell phone I ever had, it, it flipped open, it stored 10 numbers. That was it. Um, and those numbers weren't even assigned the contact. They were speed dial numbers, right? So you programmed it on, no, you couldn't scroll through and see somebody's name. You just had to remember that if I hold down two, it's calling Stephanie. Yeah. Like that was the kind of thing. Um, and, yeah. then, and then as the phones continued, 
um, Valerie, my wife Valerie, is obsessed with pictures. Right? She takes pictures <laughs> she of does everything. Take a lot of pictures. <laughs> she takes pictures of taking pictures. I mean, it's ridiculous. She will make you repose for a picture. Like if she didn't get it, you got to redo the moment. And she has maxed every phone we get her. We get the biggest one, the biggest iPhone that comes out at the time, and she will max the thing out over and over and over again. But she gets a good picture. Yeah, she does. She ought to. She's got a lot of practice. <laughs> Take nine gazillion of them. Anyway, like the the. My phone, by the way, I never run out of storage space because I don't take any pictures. Must be nice. But do you know how much storage the cell, like a modern cell phone can hold now? I mean, it's a crazy amount. And yet your brain's storage capacity is virtually unlimited. We don't know how much it can store, which is pretty crazy. That's weird. So the most complex thing is actually our brain. Um, but it's an organ. And so just like any organ, it can become sick. It can become damaged. It can be injured. Right? Yeah. And I think that we forget that a lot. And so when we hear when we hear people talking about or we hear about mental health, we usually hear several lies. Let's go through those real quick. Um, one, you're the only person who's going through whatever it is you're going through. Right. You're the only one. Um, nobody else has got this. In other words, you are in the crazy category. That's the first lie we usually hear when we're talking about mental health. The second one is you're too broken to be used by God, right? You're too messed up mentally, whatever it may be, you're too broken. And we, you've heard that on lots of things, right? There's lots of people who have that carry that same shame and guilt based on what they've done sexually in the past or, you know, what was done to them or the drugs or alcohol they've done or places that they've been. But even with mental health, you hear this whole, you're too broken to be used by God. And here's the third one. And this is the one I want to kind of focus in on this episode. Um, the common lie that your mental illness is a sin. And that has, that has been uh, continually pushed consciously and also subconsciously in lots of circles for a very long time. And I, and I have even fallen into believing that about myself, but also believing it about other people. Um, and so that's a lie that we normally hear that's not true. Um, and that's what we're talking about in this episode, that your mental health illness is a sin. That's not the case. So when you think of mental disorders, which is what we're really talking about, um, you usually think of the big two. The big two are anxiety and depression. Depression, right. You, I mean, those are the two big ones that we tend to think of. But there's tons of them. There's depression. There's anxiety. There's bipolar disorder. It used to be called manic depressive. That's not the right term anymore. There's uh, substance use, use disorders. There's eating disorders, um, obsessive compulsive disorders, OCD, um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, attention deficit disorder, ADD, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Um, there's dementia. Dementia falls in this category, too. There's early onset. There's Alzheimer's-related. Th- I mean, there's so many different mental health things that aren't just anxiety and depression. We're going to talk about in this series specifically anxiety and specifically depression because those are uh, two really big ones um, and we're going to talk about suicide um, but those, but there's so many different ones um, and there's plenty more right that's just me throwing this out here and I'm not a mental health professional at all and so um, most of us that struggle are going to struggle with one of these ones we sort of mentioned those are like the bigger ones um, almost all and I say that just so we can get here almost all mental disorders and mental illnesses um, are caused by uh, past traumatic experiences. Um, They're caused by genetic vulnerability, 
right? That we would genetically receive something. Like, for example, I know for a fact that some of my anxiety comes genetically from my mother, but I also know that some of it came from experiences I had with my mom, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, um, that comes from medications. It can come from chemical imbalances, right? Um, lots of places. But notice I did not say sin is one of those places that mental health issues come from. Um, it's just not the case. Somebody's sin is not the reason for their personal mental illness. Now, we do live in a grand world that is corrupted by sin. So all these things that happen, sin is, of course, the root cause of a world not being perfect, our world not being perfect, right? Mm-hmm. But, in a, but in an individual sense, a personalized sense, somebody's own personal mental illness is not caused by their own personal sin. Um, we live in a broken world. We have illnesses. We have sicknesses because of sin, and it's a result of sin. But that's, that's not what we mean when we say that, mm-hmm. right? When people, when people push off this idea of, you know, your mental health issue is because you have some sort of sin in your life, right? Um, whether it's you lack faith or you shouldn't have did these things that you did, which has then damaged your brain. You know what I mean? Like it's all a direct. They're they're mean. They're they're not thinking in the general sense of this big idea of sin corrupting everything in the world. They're thinking of it as in you did it, and that's just not true at all. Um, you would not look at someone who has a broken arm and assume that they've sinned to get it. Like, you would assume that there's some sort of accident. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody looks at a broken arm and was like, well, you must have did something really dumb to break your arm, and you therefore deserve that broken arm. That's not the case. You know, normally we would assume that it was from some sort of accident or somebody had some sort of surgery, right, and that's why their arm's all casted up or whatever. Um, so I don't think that we should look at somebody who has a mental illness and believe that it's because of sin in their life that that happened as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's good. It, it, and I just don't think so. And the Bible is not a book filled with perfect people who live perfect lives. Um, and I think we have a false assumption sometimes about the Scripture, too, that that's, what, that, that that's the case. It's not that at all. As a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. It is The Bible is full of messy, messy people and the specialization of God using messy people. Right. I mean, that's that's what he uses. He specializes in using messy people. There are no perfect people. And the Bible's not pointing out a bunch of perfect people who lived it right and had it exactly right. The, the Bible is full of illustrations, individuals, groups of people who have mental health related things and mental issues. They're not called the same stuff we've labeled them as now in our current culture, but they're there. Um, in the Bible, you never see. And this is something that's important to remind ourselves about, depending on where we are. Um, In the Bible, you never see deep sadness and pain prevent someone from leading or even being described as a godly person. Right. Right. Like you see, you see Elijah being described as a godly person in the Bible, being used in a profound way. And he's suicidal in the middle of all the things that were God's using him. I mean, like, you know. David's the same way. I mean, there's multiple places that you see these things. Like like some of the ways in which David's emotions swing through the Psalms is real and real life. And some of it could even indicate that he it was in a depressive state at different times, right? Like you, you can't deny that in some of those Psalms that David doesn't feel or seem – maybe I'm pushing it, but it's a podcast. We can do it. It is suicidal or at least – 
self-deprecating at the moment. Definitely hopeless. I mean, definitely hopelessness. Right now, maybe I'm maybe I'm going too far to say he's suicidal, but I mean, it's it's definitely there. And so in the Bible, you you just never see deep sadness, deep pain, um, trauma in this way keep somebody from being used by God, or just being described as as godly. Right, as almost like a godly example. In fact, I'm going to show you this. I had Steph pull this up earlier. Steph, read John nine, and we're only going to read the first couple of verses, like one through three or so. Um, this is a miracle from Jesus. Um, it's pretty cool. It's probably one of my favorite miracles ever when I was a kid. I'll tell you why in a minute. Read the first three verses, John nine. Okay, and this is the NIV. <clears throat> as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Yeah, so this is a really cool verse. And then what, in, what ends up happening next is Jesus ends up spitting on the ground, making a mud pie, putting on this guy's eyes, and he's healed. It's a really, really cool miracle. I used to love it as a kid because I thought it was <laughs> kind of gross and disgusting. It was, you know, um, it was pretty neat. But uh, there's a couple key parts in here, like – the disciples are assuming, and they have a deep assumption here, that it's because he sinned in some way or his parents sinned in some way that he's blind. And that rooted way deep, deep into Judaism that that anything that happened in your life um, that seemed like it was bad or whatever was directly from God because... You sinned yourself or your parents sinned directly. It was not like we live in this state of sin that has corrupted and messed up things. And so there is stuff in the world like cancer and, you know, whatever it may be. Their their belief was deeply rooted in there um, that, that it, it had to be directly because of you or previous generations. Matter of fact, some of that stuff in Judaism would root all the way back to that it that um, you could that children could sin in their in the womb that you could sin before being born wow. into the world. And then it, and it traced all the way back to that's because there was this extenuation of the soul. And so then that even traced back to where even in Judaism, where they believed that there was a um, – that people could be punished for sin that they had committed in a previous life, even though they didn't call it this, because the soul has always existed type idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so – that was what was there. And so the, the disciples, and you see it right in this verse, are assuming that that this person has sinned or the parents have sinned, and that's why he was born blind, um, and, and that it was some sort of punishment. That's the first part you pick up there. And that that same concept has crept into the church today, even though we don't tie it back to those Judaistic beliefs. It's still tied in there, that there must be something you did to cause this, right? Even if it's the whole, you must lack faith, you don't have joy, right? I mean, I, I've suffered with depression, and I've had people that I trust, that I love, that are Christians, that I thought were like solid Christians, and maybe they are in some parts, and maybe the parts they're mature, immature. But they would say, you know, well, you, you don't have enough joy in your life. That's why you're depressed. Um, and I'm like, I, I don't think this is – I don't think this thing like this is working like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and you see that happening there. And so, you know, I'll give you an example, a modern example that might be pushing the edge on the podcast, but let's go with it. Um, uh, when I was a young child, and be- and right before me, you had the HIV-AIDS epidemic going crazy. I mean, it was ravaging. 
And initially, not completely, but initially, it was affecting primarily uh, homosexual people. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, homosexual men. And for the most part, homosexual white men. And the greater Christian world um, talked, preached, viewed that HIV was God's pun- AIDS was God's punishment to them for the direct, you know, blatant going against God's design for marriage, life, sex, you know, relationships, um, and pointed that out. And, and like that was that one disease that was like a punishment. That's the same concept that we're talking about, right? The same thing the disciples felt, but just in a more modern sense of our culture now. Um, and you see Jesus do something very different here with that. Like he 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 comes against it. And he goes, nobody nobody sinned for this. That's not why this happened, right? And then he brings up that thing that like this is so that the glory of God might be displayed in him, which is a really neat thought. Um, and I think gives us a really big picture of what God can do with our mental health things um, that aren't directly from us as a result of sin, right? Um, When we struggle with mental health or mental health issues in general, God doesn't just see us as sinners. You know what I mean? Especially if you're a Christ follower, by the way, and you're struggling with mental health issues, God can't see you as a sinner because you're covered in the righteousness of Jesus. You know what I mean? So when God looks at you, he don't see you anyway. He sees that Jesus covered you. He sees mm-hmm. he sees Jesus right because Jesus has atoned for those sins and 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 um, imputed to us his righteousness and so um, he sees what he sees instead when we're struggling with illness is he sees his children and he sees his children struggling and that's a big deal to him right it, because he's father not because we've caused it or brought it on ourselves, right, in that yeah. particular way. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does make sense. Um, so that last verse, Jesus says, this happens so that the works of God might be, God's glory might be displayed in him. That's pretty cool. Um, you might be tempted to say, well, that means that God purposely had him be blind so that when Jesus came along, Jesus could do this miracle and everybody see. No, no, not at all. What it means is that God can reach into our past and our situation and the world that's been corrupted around us because of sin, and he can, He can, in his sovereignty, transform and use that in a way that shows God's glory, even through a bunch of junk that's caused that you didn't necessarily cause yourself, right? Um, and that he didn't set up to happen to you. It just happened because you're in a fallen world. There are diseases. There are issues that we have, and that's not just related to our brain. If you have some sort of toe disease, I'm trying to pick something weird. I'm trying to think of a toe <laughs> disease, but I don't know what a toe disease is. If you have a toe disease, nobody's going to be like, oh, what did you sin? How did you sin to get that toe disease, right? Yeah. But diseases in general exist because we live in a fallen, imperfect world. Like this this ain't Eden. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, where was I going with that? I got off on the toe disease thing. That's all weird. But you wouldn't look at you wouldn't look at people also in the same way and go, so what caused this, right? So mm-hmm. and God's not gonna go, I'm gonna give you that toe disease so that later on I can do this with it. I don't think that's the case either. I just think in God's sovereignty, He's able to use things that are fallen and that are messed up and that are corrupted by the world and the sin that we live in, the bigger picture of sin. He's able in the sovereignty to use those things in a mighty way that shows God's glory through us, around us, and in us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it's pretty cool. And so um, think through, so this is the way we have to think about this instead. Think through what it could look like for the works of God to be displayed in mental health illness-related things. Like think about what that could look like. Um, 
sometimes, like this verse, it would be in healing, right? It would be in mm-hmm. like a like a healing moment, um, and that does happen. Like I, I I believe in it. I think that's the case. But how could the works of God be displayed through something like that when it's not directly through healing? Um, it, it could be shown in us. The glory of God could be shown in us developing a deeper compassion for people in general, right? Yeah. Um, it could be used in us to be able to declare and tell a story that helps other people that struggle with those things. You know what I mean? Like, I think God's use of and help in how, how's God's glory been displayed in me in struggling with anxiety and depression? Well, I think part of it has been the fact that I can open up about it and talk about it. And then that helps other people to be able to, you know, lean on each other, but then also uh, lean on God for help in that way. You know what I mean? So the work of God being displayed in that way is not just through healing. It's through all kinds of ways. And that's the way I think we need to think about mental health related things. Um, Like, think about it this way. Um, people People with ADHD, they are some of the most creative people that the world has ever seen. I mean, ridiculously creative. Yeah. Can, isn't that an example of an ADHD is clearly a mental health illness. Mm-hmm. But if they're creative and they can come up with these amazing things, isn't that an example of God's glory being on displayed through them, right? And through that yeah. issue that they have. I mean, it's crazy. If you look at some of the people historically, like if you're somebody here right now and you struggle with ADD or ADHD, or you're, you've raised a kid who does, um, there's going to be a lot of people that listen to that's the case. You go take just a hot second and do a Google search on some of the people, the famous people in the world who have had ADD and ADHD. It's insane. Their level of creativity is absolutely amazing, right? And their ability to what we see as a disorder in this hyperactivity, their ability to be able to look at multiple things and see multiple things, right, and be interested in multiple things, I think that can be God's – God can be displayed, his glory can be displayed through that and through that lifestyle. And I'll tell you, in the church, the, the people who are ADHD, man, it, it, you want them on your creative teams. They bring to light things that nobody thinks of. Um, they're able to illustrate and demonstrate stuff that nobody else picks up on. The same way with um, uh, worship leaders. So people who are worship leaders, they tend to be over-emotional, Right. Yes. Sound familiar, Stephanie? <laughs> <laughs> we got Jonathan to laugh silently. Um, yeah, they tend to be, right? And, and the great thing, and, and I, I'm raising one as well. Um, and I didn't I didn't take it down the route of mental health disorder. I'm just saying they tend to be over-emotional. And that means that probably some of them are going to have um, emotional roller coaster type things. More expressive to you. But they, it brings out a level of depth. Mm-hmm. Like like some of the greatest songs ever written are written by ridiculously depressed people. You know They're what I mean? So good. They too. are so good, right? Because it just deep. It just reaches into this deep part of the human soul. And they're able to put it into words like nobody can. And you can relate into it. I think that goes right back to what Jesus is saying. Like, like in that mental health, then isn't that God's glory and greatness and goodness on display for the world? Not because you sinned. But then God takes and turns and uses this thing in a way that shows how good and awesome God is um, through our lives, right? I mean, it it just, Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool. Um, People with anxiety and depression are some of the most empathetic people you will ever meet in your life. Like, Like when they see somebody struggling, 
they feel it, they know it, and they will be empathetic with it. You know, like they really will care. Um, The people that will sit with somebody while they're walking through some mess and not have to fix it, just willing to be there, which we talked, we talked about on the last podcast is one of those steps. Those people, man, they almost always have struggled with something in their past like this. And now God's work is on display through them because they're able to be empathetic and sit with someone like God does for us as a father. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I just think it's a really cool thing. Um, And we'll wrap up, but God can take the things that make us different and he can make them life giving. That includes our mental health related issues. Um, he, he does this all. I mean, like the, the picture of heaven is the picture of people from every tribe, tongue, nation, race. And then you could throw in there every sin that could ever be committed, every disease that could ever be carried, right? Mm-hmm. Every mental health issue that could ever be had. Like you couldn't get any vast, right? Yeah. And the, the expression of the diversity in the church is yet another way that God's glory and goodness is on display, right? Yes. Um, you know what I'm saying? Does that yeah, make sense? That's really good, right? yeah. And and yet again, you see, so he, he uses, he, he can take things that make us different and he can make them life-giving. He can take things like what you're, if you're listening to this and you're struggling with, with mental health, it's probably one of the big two, anxiety, depression. That's me. I've struggled with both of them my whole life. I think I'm more in a depressive state right now. My anxiety's been pretty under control for a while. Um, and me and Valerie just talked about this the other day over breakfast. Um, but you can, he can take those things and he can use them in a way that's life giving to other people and the people closest to you and even to your own self. Um, and I feel like he's, he's done that in my life. I I feel like I'm walking it out. None of it's perfect and none of it's healed necessarily. Like, um, I'd love Jesus to make me a mud pie and slam it on my anxiety and take it away fully. Heck right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like John 9a, <laughs> right? Here we go, the Adam version. Mud right? pie for you. Mud pie, bam. <laughs> um, but, but that didn't work. But I do think that he has um, manifested his greatness and his goodness and made this a life-changing thing, even though it's here and it's part of my life. You know, yeah. and um, mental health does not, does not have to equate to brokenness. Um, it doesn't have to. Yeah, it doesn't have to. Like you might feel broken, but that doesn't mean that you're not right. valuable I mean, or like God's going to use anything you have. He's going to take it and he's going to use it. You're not you're not broken. I agree. You're not too broken. I agree. And I think that you know when God enters the picture um those things, those illnesses, whatever it is that we have in our case, we're talking about mental health. When God enters the picture, they can become superpowers. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. That's good. That's what happens with this blind dude. Like, you got you to gotta get away from the fact, well, I am not healed from this, so how would this look like it? Well, God does lots of things in lots of ways, and his glory can still be displayed whether there's healing involved or not. But that's what happens with the blind guy. He, he, and by the way, his name's not mentioned at all, but they probably know him. Because of the place that he is, Jesus ends up sending him to this pool that's close by, which means they're probably – right there in Jerusalem. They're probably in the temple courts. If this guy's been blind their whole life, then they know him. They'll be able to reference back to the fact that he's been there his whole life, which means they've seen him forever. He's outside the temple courts, right, which is where most people would beg, especially if they've been begging their whole life, because that's the place they'd most likely be able to receive alms from people paying trips to the temple, right? So they know this guy. They know this is the case. And 
And that's what happens here. When God enters the picture, um, this thing in his life that he didn't cause and his parents didn't cause, it all of a sudden is turned into a superpower. Yes, he's healed, but his story of sharing what Jesus has done, sharing how powerful God is, it's like a superpower testimony. And I'm telling you, the things that, are, that go down with us mental health-wise um, can turn into superpower testimonies as well yes. in big, big ways. Because, by the way, there's a whole lot more people that struggle with the, uh, depression and anxiety around you every day than are blind, for example. Right. And yeah. so, you know, this dude man goes out and he can tell stories and he's got this thing. And anybody who's blind is going to be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Right. Um, but there ain't that many of them. But there are tons and tons of people around you every day if you struggle with anxiety, depression, or any of these mental health issues that struggle with the exact same thing. And God can take what you're working with um, and the issues that you have and he can come into the picture and make that thing life changing and turn it into a superpower. Yeah. Um, you know, where you could relate with people that nobody could relate with. Um, I know a couple of people who this is what they do for a living now. Like they they spend time working with people, specifically kids, who struggle with the same stuff they struggled with. And they're like superheroes to those kids. Um, and that's the work of God on display. You know what I mean? Yes. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So I'm just trying to say – do not fall into the trap that mental health is a sin. So I want to make sure that we knew those things right off the bat up front before we jumped into some other stuff. Um, and that's all I got. Jonathan keeps staring at me. So <laughs> And me. <laughs> He's probably staring at you more. <laughs> Although I am quite good looking. Uh, <laughs> see, you can say that on a podcast because nobody can see us. <laughs> it's like a radio voice. You ever heard that before? Yes. That person's got a radio voice. They're probably, uh, you know. Not that good looking behind it, but they can sound good on a mic. Anyway, that's all I got. That's 132. Mental health is not a sin. Let's make sure that we know that, church. Yes. So thank you for joining us this week. Yep. We look forward to talking with you next time. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. That's all. That's the only places we're at. And I always think there's another, but there's not. Well, that's because there (laughs) used to be Twitter, but now it's X or something like that, and we... You X'd it out of your life. I X'd out Twitter um, (laughs) about two years after it came out. I don't understand what they say. It's so many characters and it's so consolidated. Yeah. I can't read it anyway. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Bye for real. Bye for real. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.